Well, praise the Lord. Amen. We're glad to be in the house of God tonight. Those that have joined us in-house, uh, but those that have joined us on live feed, I thank you so much for being with us. 
Uh, several was not going to be making it tonight due to the rain, and we're, we were just talking about how lovely it sounds. It's pouring down rain outside. Uh, wanted different ones just to be safe. That's the most important thing. So, But we're glad that you've joined us on live feed. If, jo if you've joined us on Facebook, uh, comment below and let us know that you're, that you're watching. If you're on uh, the Roku app or any of the other avenues, go to Facebook, go to uh, whatever and make a comment. Go, go somewhere and make a comment. That, then let us know that you're watching tonight. You can text us at 205-642-8744 and say, I'm watching. That'd be fine as well. Uh, we wanna, but we do want to, we're glad that you're able to stay home and you're able to be safe tonight and join us on live feed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to touch and minister. And then we're going to worship in a song and then we're going to go into our Bible study tonight. But again, thank you again so much for being with us. If you've got a prayer request and you've joined us on live feed, text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744. Prayer, 205-642-8744. And we want to partner together with you in prayer. Let's go to God in prayer tonight and then we're going to worship in a song. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you again tonight, thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship and praise you. Father, tonight I pray that you'll move and minister in a mighty way in our service, both in-house and those that have joined us on live feed. I pray, Father, that you'll move and minister in a mighty way. Keep those safe as they're traveling, those that are needing to travel in this rain. I pray, pray Father, that you'll keep them safe, watch over and protect them. Those that are in-house and those that have joined on live feed, I pray, Father, that you'll bring encouragement that's needed into our lives this very day, this very hour. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Worship with us tonight in a song, amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's sing, Where Could I Go? It's page 343 in the old red hymn book, so let's all... Get comfortable, stand, sit, whatever you want to do, and let's sing, Where Could I Go?
Thank you so much for that this afternoon. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Again, we appreciate those, obviously those in-house and those that have joined us on live feed. There are several that has already uh, said hello on Facebook and also texted and tell us, told us hello. Uh, if you're joining us on live feed, text us and let us know that you're joined with us. And also, you can comment on our Facebook page if you're watching there as well, well, or if you're watching on Roku or wherever else you may be watching. Uh, comment on Facebook or send us a text at 205-642-8744 and let us know that you're watching. Love to hear from you this afternoon. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to touch and minister in our time of Bible study tonight and ask that God will just bless us in this time of looking into his word. Dear Heavenly Father, again, as we come to you this afternoon, thank you again for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for a warm building that is dry to be able to join together and worship and praise you. Father, over the next few moments, I pray, Father, that you'll enlighten us into your word, open your word into our hearts and our minds, that we would be able to have a change to occur in our lives. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, we, we was looking at this, and one of the things that we did talk about, one of the things that we did talk about uh, was looking at John chapter 16 and verse 13. What we're looking at is praying effectively, praying effectively. And if you'll realize something of what we've, as we've been looking at this, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to John 16 and verse 13, as we get to that point, one of the things that you'll notice is we've not actually taught how to pray. We've been talking about how to pray effectively, what it is to pray effectively. We have looked at uh, learning, and tonight we're going to be looking at learning to pray, but we still have not looked at learning how to pray. And we'll explain a little bit more of that here in just a few moments, but one of the things that we have looked at, just to recap, just to recap it through this, on praying effectively, praying effectively, we, the question that we started all of this off with was, what would the world be like, what would the difference the world would be like if everyone would learn how to pray? If everyone would learn to just stop and pray instead of reacting, talk to uh, talk to several people uh, throughout uh, the course of the last few days, and uh, that's been one of the biggest things that has been brought out. I was sitting right right in this area just earlier this afternoon, talking to a pastor friend of mine on the other side of the state of Alabama, and that was one of the things that we was talking about: is boy, what it would be. If people would learn to pray, we talked about how that Jesus, he went to a certain place, certain time, certain position, everything happened for a reason, and he went to pray. So what is the topics that we've looked at over the last several Wednesday nights? Well, just to recap this and bring us back to where we're at right now, God and man together. Man was created in the image of God, and God's intent, God's plan was for God and man to be together. 
The second thing was, is God and man apart? God never intended for God and man's relationships to be apart. Have you ever looked at, have you ever looked at, uh, at, at a lady and a guy that are married, and they've been married for 60 and 70 years, and they start to look, look alike? <laughs> and they start to look alike. You, you just know they was meant to be together. Well, God never desired that he and mankind be separated. God never desired that. God wanted man and himself to be together. God wanted man and God to be together all the time. But what happened? What happened? The, the devil. Eve allowed the thought processes of what the serpent was saying to get into her mind. And I'm not talking about that as, as a he or a she. I'm talking man does it, woman does it. Eve allowed, Eve allowed the thoughts and the words of the serpent to override what God has intended into their lives. God never intended for man and him to be apart. There's a result of that separation. And we looked at that. Since that day, man has continued in evil ways. Man has found more and more ways to become continuously be evil. Every time you think that, the, that, that you've realized and you've saw the evil that man can do, guess what? Man does something more eviler. -er. Is, that a, is, is that a good word? Wait, what am I, how is it supposed to be? More evil. I still like more evil or err. But man has found ways to become more evil in everything that man has done. Why? Because of that separation. But what man has, has realized over the course of history is that God is man's best teacher. Who can, who can teach man better than the one that created man? Who breathed the breath of life into him, who loved him enough to send his only begotten son. God is man's best teacher. Indeed, Christ, the Son of God, is the truth that God has been trying to teach mankind. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth that God has intended to send to mankind. The Bible is the word of truth that God wants man to read and look at. We've also dug into and we found that God has man's best interest at heart. From the beginning of time, God has instructed man on the necessity of truths and righteousness. We hear today, I, I read this the other day, it was a little, just a little quote, I read this the other day. Church years ago was trying to figure out everything they could do to maintain their salvation. And today, mankind is doing everything it can to stay so close to worldly things, but also maintain salvation. Another pastor friend of mine today quoted a, a study that he read today. This was today. Today. There's a new study that's come out. He, this, this pastor friend of mine read it today, and he said, the study shows this. It says, most people in the United States of America do not claim to have a religious life. In other words, the majority of Americans do not have a tie to any type of form of religion. I know that we, we, can, we can mince words when we talk about religion versus religious. And though I'm not talking. We are discussing those things when we're talking about a relationship with God. I want a relationship. I don't religious things. But that's not what this was referring to. It was saying that more people associate with a non-religious affiliation 
than they do with Christianity, Muslim, Islam, any type of religion. There are more Americans today that, re- that associate with, a non, with non-religious aspects. That'll blow your mind away. That'll blow your mind away. Why? Because we know that God has, is wanting, God is wanting a relationship with man. God wants that relationship with man. Why? Because God has man's best interest at heart. From the beginning of time, God has instructed man in the necessary truths of righteousness. He's wanting us to live a holy life. He's wanting us to have a righteousness about ourselves. When Jesus came, he was called rabbi, master, teacher. When the Holy Spirit came, he was John John 16 and 13. When the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit was sent to come and to guide us into all truths. For he will not speak under his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit is, was sent by God to bring the spirit of truth into our lives. But we also know that in John chapter 14 and 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. God has sent the Holy Spirit to, to, to reassure us, to comfort us, to guide us, to direct us. God has taught us and continues to teach us this day through His Word and His Holy Spirit. But I wish that God would speak to me. When was the last time that you opened up His Word? When was the last time that you listened to the Holy Spirit speak into your life? What we've got to realize and understand is that all, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. It is good for, it is perfect for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness that the, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Too many times people say, well, I want to go do ministry, but I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And, and, but, but, Brother Danny, you know what I hear more people say whenever they talk about ministry? Do you know what they're referring to? They're referring to standing right here. They're referring to standing right here. But do you know what? Do you know what's standing right here? Let me, sh- let me share something with you. 1.78. Do you know what that number is? 1.78. 1.78%. percent. That's a low percentage, is it not? 1.78% is the amount of time in any given year that a pastor, I'm not talking about those that have six services on Sunday mornings. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about an average pastor. Everybody thinks that the mega churches is the average pastor. It's not. The average church in America is running about between 80 and 150. That's the average church in America. Here's what we've got to realize. The average per pastor, do you know how, often, how much time they spend in the year standing right here? 1.78%. Of the year is spent right here. The rest of the time is all of the ministry work that God is wanting done. But everybody wants to stand right here because it's glorious and glamorous. I don't say glorious and glamorous. But what I do see is that God is wanting to equip Every man, woman, boy, and girl to do ministry work. But ministry work does not necessarily mean right here. Amen. And But people think. And that's what the Holy Spirit has come. He has come to teach and continuously teach us His Word. And, or through us, His Word 
through, he wants to teach us through his word and through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to equip us to do the good works of God. Amen. And that's what we've got to realize. That's what we've got to understand. Amen. Let's go on. What we've got to also realize, what we've got to also realize, and this is something that's hard for people to understand, God is not the problem. God is not the problem. The problem stands and looks at you every time you look in that mirror. That's where the problem lies. God is not the problem. Too many times people blame God on everything. I've heard it count I've heard it said on countless number of occasions. Oh, I just don't know what God's doing to me because he's he says in his word he'll never put more on us than we can bear, but I sure am bearing a lot that he's putting a nope. God has always said, I'll never put more on you than you can bear. But God never said he would stop us from putting stuff on ourselves. There's a lot of times that we pile things on and we pile it on and then we blame God for the problem. God is not the problem. But we must understand that God is willing and ready to teach us. But we have got to be willing and ready to learn. God's willing and ready to teach us. God sends men and women into our lives all the time to help us and to teach us. But are we willing and are we ready to learn what God has for us? Too many times, man's favorite phrase, we've never done it that way before. That's not how we normally do it. Because if something new or something different comes up, well, that can't be of God because we didn't do that in 1922. Just because, guess what? In 1922, we didn't have a PA system in here either. 1922, we didn't have a camera sitting right back there. Look, let me, let me see if I can figure out how to do this. It ain't going to do it, so I, don't, I ain't going to worry about it. In 1922, I was going to zoom in, but that little zoom button doesn't work. 1922, there wasn't a little camera sitting right back there so that everybody that's on live feed, whether you're on Roku, you're watching on our podcast later on, you're watching um, uh, on uh, uh, a Facebook, website, the mobile app. Look, think of all these. YouTube, there's an, I forgot there was a, I knew there was another one. All of these avenues that we have to be able to spread the gospel. We're on podcasts, Amazon podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, YouTube podcasts, Spotify, all of these avenues of being able to do it. Brother Danny, how many churches did you pastor? How many? Did, did you ever dream when you started pastoring that you would see the day that a church would be on Roku, all of these other avenues, podcast. You probably didn't even heard of a podcast until here recently. You didn't know what a podcast was when you started preaching, did you? But, but here's the thing that we've got to understand: God is willing and ready to teach us. Just because things have changed does not mean it's God. It's not God. God's word has never changed, but God's wanting to change our lives. But here's the problem. Here is a problem. There are so many that's wanting to change so much just to attract the worldly things that if we compromise our biblical morality about ourselves, then what are we attracting? Does that make sense? If we compromise the biblical and moral the biblical morality that we stand on, the holiness and the righteousness of God, then what are people being attracted to? I don't want people attracted to me. I want people attracted to the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. I don't want people attracted to who I am. I don't want people attracted to my name. I don't want people attracted to this building. I want them attracted to the Holy Spirit of God. If we would get, live feed, y'all would think there's a hundred people in this sanctuary. 
Too many times we want to go back to the old adage of, I have never done it that way anymore. That's not usually how I do it. But we've got to be willing to get out of the way and allow God to teach us, allow God to change us. By the way, it doesn't matter how long somebody's been in church or been in ministry, we all still have a lot to learn from God. I've been preaching, I've been teaching for for countless number of years. But you know what? I still have a lot to learn from God. We've got to realize something. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 7 tells us, Always learning, never, never able to arrive at the full knowledge of truth. I'm never going to know everything of God. I'm never going to know everything that God has for us. But I'm going to strive daily to learn all I can from what God's got to teach us. I want to know more of God. I want to know more about God. I want to know more about what God's doing in our lives. I want to know about more about what God's doing to change us. Why? Because God, man, and prayer goes together. Peanut butter and jelly goes together. I've heard people say something, something along the lines, peanut butter and sardines. Nope, nah, they don't go together. And I don't care how many people does it, pizza and pineapple do not go together. That is nasty looking. There are things that goes together. Steak and taters goes together. Hallelujah, glory to God. And David, I don't care how, how, how many times you're going to tell me this, but a, but, 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 but a raw hamburger just does not taste good. <laughs> he just threw something at the TV, I can bet you. But what we've got to realize and understand, there are things that goes together. God, man, and prayer goes together. Man's relationship with God depends on prayer. This means keeping the lines of communication open and unobstructed. Of all the times that conflict happens, of all the times when hurt feelings take place, it is often because of a lack of communication. Instead of jumping to a conclusion, or I've said this before, instead of jumping jumping to a contusion, We need to find out more about the situation. Lack of communication is often what happens when conflict and hurt feelings take place. I've used this example before. If me and somebody was standing over here in the front corner and we happen to be talking and I happen to turn and look and I look at Brother Emery and I come back and I start talking, all of a sudden Brother Emery could pop it in his mind. Well, they're over there talking about me. Do you see him look at me? He looked right at me. He looked right at me. They're talking about me. But little did, did little did Brother Emery know that we're over here talking about the baseball game last week. And I happened to hear something, and I just turned and looked and turned back. Had nothing to do. But we, I just looked that direction. Somebody tripped over the trash can outside, and I looked that way. That's all it was. But what happens is we've got to understand There's got to be communication. God is willing to communicate with man. Is man willing to communicate with God? If prayer is maintained, nothing, nothing will be able to separate us. If prayer is maintained, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I wish somebody on live feed would say amen. This brings back remember this brings back to my remembrance when we was in here during COVID. I'd say I'd tell people a lot, I sure really wish somebody text me amen. Jim Wallace would text me four amens back to back to back. <laughs> but if prayer is maintained, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ. Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate us 
from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All throughout the Bible, you find a peanut butter and jelly relationship. What do I mean by that? A God-man and prayer relationship. You find it all throughout the Bible. Genesis chapter 18, 23 through 32. Through faith and obedience and prayer, powerful prayer, Abraham's intercession became a powerful force with God. Jacob wrestled with God over the book of Genesis. He wrestled with God and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. After God blessed him, Jacob called the place Penel because I have seen the face of God. Exodus chapter 32, verse 23. Israel was spared because Moses prayed. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20. Hannah, in prayer, asked God for a son. And what happened? God gave her a son. Psalms 55, 6-17. David was a king and was a man of prayer. Matthew chapter 15, verse 22-28. through 28 tells us that a Gentile woman said to Jesus, Lord, help me. He spoke the word and healed her daughter that very hour. Jesus himself was a praying man. We talked about this last Sunday, that because of the death on the cross of Calvary, guess what? Jesus was actually realized as he was fully man. But the resurrection showed that he was also fully God. God Man and prayer have always been a powerful combination. Try it sometime. Prove, test and see if God is not true. I'm going to tell you something. You start going through a problem. You start going through a trial. You start going through a situation. You start praying and seeking God and see if something don't change. I sure do wish that five people would pray between now and Sunday morning that something would happen, something would change, chains would be broken, that lives would be changed in Sunday morning service. If just five people would pray, man, what a powerful combination it is. God, man, and prayer is a powerful combination. Glory be to God. Amen. But we also must understand something. God is trying to teach us to pray. God is trying to take time to teach us to pray. If you'll notice through this entirety of the last three or four Wednesday nights that we've been doing this, not one time have I read the scripture that Jesus said, this is how you pray, our Father which art in heaven. I've not read that one time. I've not read that where Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. Why? That's coming later on. But we've got to understand what praying effective is all about first. If you'll, if you'll know that whenever somebody's going to build a house, they don't go get the roofing shingles before they get the bulldozer to clear the, to clear the lot. They go and get the bulldozer and the excavators they go get the heavy machinery to take the trees out of the way to level the lot down. Then they bring what's next. They bring in the concrete truck and they, they form the foundation there and they pour that foundation. They have to form all that up and then they pour that foundation down with concrete. They don't just pour the foundation like that. They, there's rods that goes through that. The rebar, they put that rebar in there. That, that word was just out of my brain. They put that rebar down as they're pouring that, as they pour that concrete, they've got that rebar laid out there in a grid pattern. Why? Because they're making sure the foundation is solid and secure. Not one piece of roofing shingle has been purchased yet. Why? Because we've got to get the foundation down first. So we take a look at God teaching us how to pray. There's several passages of scripture that I want us to look at this afternoon. Why? Because we need to be taught to pray before we can be taught how to pray. 
when 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 a when a teenager becomes of age, comes up fifteen years of age, they go and they take a a permit test. They have to study for that permit test. They get this they get this little booklet. Now it's an online booklet. They get this little booklet. They got an app for that too. There's a there's a driving manual app now. You got to learn before before anybody gets put behind the driver's seat. They need to know what a what a red octagon is for. Stop. They got to know what the green, the yellow and the red colors on the stoplight is for. They've got to know what the upside down triangle is for. Yield. They got to know what the white one with the numbers Black numbers on it, speed limit. They got to know what all of these signs are for. They've got to know what these things are before they're put behind a wheel. Well, it's the same thing as a Christian. We need to be taught to pray before we learn how to pray. We need to be taught that in the times of troubles and the times of trials, we need to go to God in prayer. We also need to be taught. How to pray when Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call to me and I'll answer you. We need to know that we can call on the name of the Lord and God is going to answer us. And he's going to tell us great and hidden things when we know that we can go to God in prayer. Or how about in Psalms 50 and verse 15, that in the day of trouble we call upon the name of the Lord and God's going to deliver us and God is going to get the glory. Or how about, how about in Psalms 91 and 15, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll rescue him and I'll honor him. We need to know that God is going to be there with us. Before we learn how to, we need to, need to know that God's going to answer. Why? Because Isaiah 65 and 24 tells us, before they call, I will answer. While they're yet speaking, I will hear. I've got to know that God's going to answer before I know that I need to pick up the phone and start praying. I've got to know that God's going to be there. I've got to, I've got to be reassured in my life that it's okay for me to stop and pray. Why? Because I know that God's going to be on the other side. Of that phone call. God exhorts us to pray. And his willingness and eagerness to answer. Is our strongest inducement to prayer. There was a psychological study that was done. It's been done in college universities. In psychology and sociology departments. They'll, t they'll take a maze and they'll put cheese in the middle of it. And they'll put, that, they'll put a rat in there and let him run around, that mice in there and let him run around and they'll go to find that, where that cheese is at. Do you know how that, my, that mouse knows where to find that cheese at? Because he knows what that cheese smells like. He knows what that cheese smells like, so he's going to run around. He may wind up hitting one of them walls, but he knows that that cheese is in there because he smells it. Do you know how I know an eye is going to burn? Because I've been close to it, and I can feel the heat off of it, and I know what that, what that heat means. It means if I touch that eye, it's going to burn. Do you know how I know that rain is wet? I've been in the rain before. Do you know how I know God's going to answer? Because I've called on the name of the Lord and he's heard my prayer and he's heard my cry. Do you know how I know that the Holy Spirit can reassure and, re and, and, and just wrap the Holy Spirit's arms all around me? Because I have called on the name of the Lord and I said, I need you to comfort. I need you to guide me. And the Holy Spirit would just encase around me. I need no, because I felt it before. The strongest inducement, the strongest enticement 
for man to know that we need to go to God in prayer is because God has answered time and time again. But when we also look at the fact that Jesus is teaching us. So not only does God teach us that we need to pray, but Jesus also teaches us that we need to pray. And Jesus tells us in in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, He says, and He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, they are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. You know, I, I said this on Sunday. If God's called somebody to teach a Sunday school class, and they're not willing to step up and do it, that God will move that person to the side and he'll put somebody else in that position. But I didn't go so much further into tell this part right here. We as the church world, we need to, we understand that the harvest is plentiful. If you don't think the harvest is plentiful, let me remind you what the, what the survey said. What the studies are now showing that there is a majority of Americans that they identify as not into a non-religious category. The harvest is plentiful. There's folks that needs to hear about Jesus. There's folks that needs to know about God. Live feed is right here on your screen. The, the harvest is plentiful. But what is the next line the next part of that sentence say laborers are few God is wanting somebody to be a part of the harvest the laborers are few but we as the children of God we need to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest we also know that in Luke chapter 9 or 11, excuse me, Luke chapter 11 and verse 9, it says this, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. You don't have because you don't ask. That's what the Bible says, right? Seek, and you will find. I love it how some of these kids, we were sitting in the nursery a little bit ago, Somehow or another, Amelia had enticed us and wrapped us around our fingers, around her fingers and enticed us to go into the nursery. And she's got blocks all over the floor. And there's a little puzzle she's putting together. And there's four pieces to the puzzle. And she has three of the four. She says, Brother Nandy, can you help me find the other piece to the puzzle? Seek, and you will find. We're never going to find that fourth piece of the puzzle if we don't seek. We're never going to know that there's a fourth person in the middle of the fire if we don't seek in the middle of the fire. Do you ever thought about that? The three Hebrew boys, they went in there, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abilagot went into the fiery furnace. I wonder if anybody on laugh feed caught that one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they go into the fiery furnace, and you know what happened? While they was in the fiery furnace, they looked around and they saw the fourth man. They sought, and he was there. What we've got to realize and understand is we need to seek after the Holy Spirit of God and know that he's right there with us. He's with us. We need to seek him. And it says, knock. And it will be opened to you. Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. Technology is already cooking up on me. Luke chapter 11 verse 13. It says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? We don't have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't have the anointing in our lives. Why? Because we've not asked for God to move in our lives. Mark chapter 14 and verse 38. Watch and pray 
Remember, what is the biggest powerful thing? God, man, and prayer. Mark 14 and 38. Watch and pray that you not enter into temptation. Why? Because the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh don't want you to get up on Sunday mornings and come to church, but the spirit wants you to be here. Amen? Pray that you not enter into temptation. Finally, last verse. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. This is my favorite. Of all of these verses that we've talked about up to this point about prayer, Mark 9 and 29. Live feed, turn your Bible there. Mark 9, 29. Mark 9 and verse 29. Look at what it says. And he said unto them, This kind cannot be driven out, but out by anything but prayer. Too many times people are trying to do all sorts of things. They're trying to go after all sorts of stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. These things do not happen lest you have prayer in your life. You want God to move? It's time for prayer. You want God to do something? It's time for prayer. I have, I have opened these altars. I couldn't tell you how many hundreds of times in the last 20 some odd, 20, 25 some odd years. And I've said, if you need a financial blessing, these altars is open. You need a physical touch, these altars is open. You need a spiritual touch, these altars is open. And I can't tell you how many times after that, within, within 24 hours, somebody comes to me and they'll say, I sure do wish God would bless me financially. I sure do wish God would bless me physically. I sure do wish God would heal me. I sure do wish God would touch me spiritually. When have you prayed about it? When have we prayed about it? When have we sought God about it? This kind cannot be driven out but by anything, by anything but by prayer. And I'm going to go ahead and jump way ahead of myself and I'm going to throw this one in here in closing. You've also got to understand you cannot go to God in prayer with a preconceived notion about what God's answer is going to be. Just, just put that in you. Put that in your boat of Cheerios and chew on that in a minute. You cannot go to God in prayer with a preconceived notion about what God's answer is going to be. We've got to let God do what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. Live feed, I thank you so much for being here with us this, this afternoon on this rainy Wednesday afternoon. Remember, if you have a prayer request, you can text the keyword prayer to 205-642-8744, 205-642-8744, or you can visit the website that's listed in the box below. We want to partner together in prayer. There's a lot of prayer requests on the prayer wall. Make sure you're joining with us in prayer. May the good Lord bless you as, as our prayer. Join us Sunday school Sunday morning at 945, worship at 11. Thank you again for joining with us on live feed. May God bless you.